All right, we are rolling. This is the first ever podcast on Spinks and Thread. Uh, thank you for those that are tuning in, uh, wherever you are. Uh, my name is Edward Chow. I currently work in the fashion industry, um, just more on the business side and the supply chain of really seeing what happens behind the scenes. Uh, on the side, I am also a watch enthusiast, and that's kind of how uh, that hobby has brought us together. Yeah, and I am Darius Yu. I'm sort of a small-time watch dealer, obviously enthusiast if you're a dealer, so buy, sell, trade. Um, working with some of the big brands and big, seeing like what comes out and what people like. So yeah. that's what brought us together as well. So if you on haven't, Instagram. If you haven't checked it out, um, Darius, maybe you can plug your IG right now. Yeah, so it's dar.ig. Mostly fashion on that one. I haven't posted much. Um, just because I feel one thing, okay, I don't know if this is a talking point, but I had a lot of my. Instagram is very like fashion oriented mm-hmm. and I don't post anything like specifically watch related just because I feel like it's so it's such an item where it's so so like oh my god like it's a watch especially on social media yeah where it's sort of like an end-all be-all of quote-unquote flexing besides cars and houses and I think that's a bit too much so I'm like you know I'm gonna separate that <laughs> Yeah, I I totally get that because I mean, just before getting on to IG, like I I ran two other accounts and I would never show off watches. It was it was like there's such a stigma behind it and I think that's with sneakers, that's with clothes, right? Yeah. It's just like once yeah. you have that key piece and you show it off, it's like, okay, this guy's being a little much. But yeah. when when I started this whole Springs and Thread thing, it was kind of me going like is it really that snobby? Where's the line where it's not snobby, snobby and it's done tastefully? And this is kind of like the, the balancing act um, exactly. of that exactly. account. Is like, well, how much is it like in the fit picks where it just becomes a part of it? Because I think even in sneaker culture, if we're talking about fashion now, is it's all about the shoes. It's like you'll yeah. see guys wearing or, or even females, everything's neutral and you got that one shoe. Yeah. I think that's that's a really easy way to get into the style, but how do you actually incorporate it? And I think exactly it it goes away from being just like this is a cool shoe to become like this is just a cool shoe with some cool stuff. Exactly, right? yeah. And so with watches, like, how is it like? Oh, it's not just a sub, or oh, it's not like a Rolex or whatever. It's like oh shit, like it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And like, like if you're... there's also the why behind that becomes that springs it from an enthusiast from like just a flex to being an enthusiast, which is huge. And and I think I, we spoke about this the first time we met up, what, which is basically why are people, like, let's say you're buying Alpha Industries or you have, like, a flight jacket, a shearling jacket. Why don't you pair that with, like, a pilot's watch? It doesn't have to yeah. be an IWC. What about, like, a Hamilton khaki? Like, it makes so yeah. much sense yeah, once exactly. you're in that, in that subculture. Yeah. So well, let, let's talk about this. Uh, Darius, what do you have on the wrist today? It's actually, I'm going to show, show you this. It's actually crazy. It's called a... Uh, Mr. Jones watches. Um, it's actually pretty cool. Is that an open heart or is that? Nope. That's just. It just looks like a. It's called a lazy Sunday afternoon. Okay. Not nothing special, nothing expensive, but what it is um, is just a dial, and it's time only. But it depicts a guy in a pool, and it's like a tube, huh. just chilling, just straight chilling. Yeah. And his foot is the hours, and there's a rubber ducky that goes around the ring, and that's the minutes. <laughs> and the reason why that they did this was it was an artist piece before, and what it represents is just, like, taking a minute to just chill out and have a lazy Sunday afternoon. Nice. Wow. I've never heard of that brand before. Like, are they... And it's so cool. Are they, like, Swiss-made? Is it, like, Japanese movement? Like, what? what I is couldn't it? even tell you. Um... <laughs> I think, okay, so it says made in England on it, but oh, nice. designed in Belgium, made in London. I best, I guess it's a, like whatever at a quartz Chinese movement that's entirely marked up, but I don't care because it's cool. Nice. I love that. I love that. And yourself? What's on wrist? Let's see. My wrist? Oh, yeah. So we, we spoke about this, but what's on my wrist? Um, I think every weekend so far has been the Black Bay 58. Uh, recent purchase, about just shy of a month ago, uh, the AD contacted me and then, you know, pulled the trigger and everything. Shout out to La Difference uh, in Markham. 
Uh, and they it. hooked me up. It's it's a great watch, but my only gripes I would say would be number one, there's a bit too much guilt sometimes in certain lighting. Mm-hmm. It's overwhelming. The bracelet is not that great. I mean, when you compare it to any like a like a Rolex bracelet, totally different. Um, it's it's the weight of it. It's the finishing. But I think it works in this application and in this price point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Uh, the other thing that doesn't bother me, and I know it bothers some Black Bay users, would be the faux rivets. I understand oh, yeah. there's no real, <laughs> you know, function behind it. It's all aesthetic. But I think in, in terms of the original Black Bay, it really tells a story. Now, exactly. if we go on a springboard off of this, there was a new Black Bay that came out, wasn't there? The blue. Yes. The blue that came out. <laughs> Your thoughts on the Black Bay blue? I think the Black Bay blue, tongue twister, the back, the Black blue is i didn't like it a lot um i didn't i haven't seen it in person but from press photos and like media i think and i hope that it looks like the black bay 58 where it's all matte down i don't think the blue works with the matte um one they already have a pelagos which is blue and two i think blue has become such a like quasi luxury indicator um, especially for a Rolex suitor brand, right? Because in in Rolex, everything blue is either gold or platinum. There's nothing else. Um, and bringing it to Tudor, where it's now competing with a lot in a lot of people's mind, because sort of competing with Rolex, competing with themselves, it becomes a bit weird to know that this is now a steel model with the blue dial, um, with not precious metal. Straight back, Rolex in blue, there's a blue Sky Dweller, but Sky Dweller is like a little bit, it's out there. It's like a big watch that people already know. Um, but yeah, and for the most part, it's mostly precious metals. So I don't think, I don't love it. I think they're applying blue a bit too liberally here. I, I would I would have to agree. When you look at the market as a whole, a lot of luxury watches, when you have that blue dial, it is something amazing. But I, I, I will always give credit to AP. I think when I play, think of a, you know, a blue dial or something blue that shows luxury and awesomeness, it is the AP Royal Oak. Um, I think it's the t- it's the date at, uh, I don't know the reference. You're probably better than me. It's the re- <laughs> reference, but the date at the three o'clock. That's uh so there's a couple there's fifteen three fifty fifteen four hundred fifteen five hundred but the boutique blue yes. is incredible yes going back to the Tudor uh, I think it's a great watch in terms of someone having a solid collection and this is like an add on yes. it's like hey yes. it's great to have in here I have a certain outfit for it I can wear it but in terms of an everyday. I don't think it competes with the OG, and that's uh, I'm going to call it the, the the Black Bay 58 OG. It doesn't, um, but I I don't hate it, but it's not for me. Is what it's I not say. for me either. It's, it's not, not for, for me. me. No, um, and I think, and I'm I'm not sure. I might have to check it, but when it comes to the OG versus the new Navy, if it does have full rivets, then I think it's a little odd at that point. Yeah. Because yeah. it's so modern, and you see this for the past, you know, few years of the blue is really an indication of this is a modern stainless steel sports model. Right? Yeah. And to have the rivets on there, then I think there's a larger disconnect. Yeah. Right. But then if they don't have rivets, it's even a disconnect with the brand. There you go. So. So I feel like it's a confused watch, especially for the brand. They have Pelagos, which is blue and steel. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, the Pelagos is fucking amazing. It, I love it. I think it's a great watch. It's just too big for me. <laughs> yeah, it, it's too big, definitely. Uh, so, that, so I, I mean, we we talked about what's on our wrist today. Darius, what are you wearing on feet? So I was wearing, I don't even know the specific name of it, but it's Golden Goose. It's, it's Stan Smiths that look super destroyed. Nice. <laughs> and that's the Golden Goose. Um, <laughs> I think they're just called like sneakers, like low cut sneakers is what the official name is. Interesting. Where'd you cop them from? I actually got them from Harry Rosen, and Harry Rosen is just a Canadian boutique dealer. Um, and I had a Amex credit on like cashback, so I just used the credit towards that. Ended up paying, I think, like forty-seven dollars for them. Totally worth it. <laughs> Are, have those been like your daily beaters? During oh yeah, those have been daily time? beaters. So I used to have a pair of Marshall um, German Army trainers, the original ones, like the cream and the and the gum soles and i wore them so much that 
my foot actually busted out from the side. Oh, damn. Yeah, so the leather split. I'm like, ah, oh. heartbreaking. Wow. wow. Completely heartbreaking. You got, right. you got to send me the photo of that and I, so I can share it on, on Strength and Crit. I think that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I'll send you that one. <laughs> what are you wearing? What are you wearing on the beat? What's on the kicks? Well, let's, let's, let's kind of preface this too. Um, compared to, I think, a lot of other podcasts and maybe cultures, I don't wear shoes inside. <laughs> inside okay, has okay. to be that's fair. socks. Me too. Me too. You know, I, I just want to say that it's the first episode. So I don't wear shoes inside. It's socks or it's with uh, slippers, house slippers, okay? Okay, if we're going to be real about what we're wearing right now, it's Adelite slides. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> I, I'm in Uniqlo socks. <laughs> Some nice melange gray uh, socks. But what I wore today when I did go outside was the uh, Asics. So I recently picked up an Asics Venter RE. Ooh. Looks like some sort of Balenciaga thing. Um, you know, it just looks like that, that shoe that they kind of blew up. Uh, the big I, boy, I, too. Exactly. Uh, I totally forgot the name of it. I'm, I'm uh, terrible with names. S. Yes. I'm, I'm terrible with names, terrible with reference numbers. Never come to me with that. Uh, but yeah, I bought them. They're super comfortable. A uh, lot of support. Uh, putting them on, it, it, it makes me think if I overpaid on the New Balance 990s. It really uh, does, because these uh, shoes are significantly less, um, and they're just as comfortable. Uh, <laughs> but then New Balance 990 is sort of its own beast, right? There's like a I, cult following behind exactly. it. Exactly. So there might be a debate later on uh, in, in this series of podcasts. Asics or New Balance, I'm sure each have their own. Uh, I feel oh, like I'm it's a almost Nike like... boy. I can't do any of them. <laughs> see, it's like the niche. It's like, it, usually it's about Nike versus Adidas. But I feel like in the runner's world, it's like Asics. Asics New Balance. Uh, okay, Oni Oni or like you know, Sockety. Like Tiger if you're a weirdo. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, you know, maybe we will do a future episode on that. We should. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so a few things I wanted to talk about. And this kind of started, what, I think it was the night of the release of the Rolex. Okay, mm-hmm. so number one, we want to talk about those new Rolex watches. Number mm-hmm. two, uh, a funny thing that came up was checking your uh, phone for time when you oh, own yeah. a quite expensive yeah, <laughs> typeface, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So uh, let's start with uh, the Rolexes. Yeah, sure. That sounds amazing to me. Um, I think the biggest one to address in this room right now would be the sub. The Kermit. The people also calling it the Starbucks. Um, Starbucks? They're calling it the Starbucks. Okay. There is the, the white gold blueberry and then the bunch of two tones. That is the two tones and they just change it to keep it up. So the Kermit, what do you think? Just... Hulk is officially discontinued after saying it for three years. Yeah, I saw some people on Instagram cleaning up their Hulks uh, and to put it back in the safe as a safe clean. Uh, you know what? I love it. I love that star- the Starbucks or the Kermit number two. Uh, it Again, the color, I think I appreciate. As a work of art, I appreciate too. Uh, as a timepiece in itself, though, it's, it's really not for me. Um, mm-hmm. When I boil it down a, a sub or, you know, some sort of watch that goes underwater, I'm not sure how well a green does, but from what I've read in my research, it's always something of, of like an orange dial. Mm-hmm. That's that, the best. That, yeah, exactly. Um, and then also, I think with the sub, I always think about, you know, the Milt subs or the Comex. They're primarily yeah. uh, black dial or they have faded into like a darker, you know, I mean, a yeah. lighter gray. Um, but I love it as a work of art, and it's similar to some sneakers as well. Is like I wouldn't buy it, but I appreciate it's it. It's dope. Yeah. How about you? It's just super. I I love it. I love it so much. I think it's so cool. Um, if you've seen, there's been photos online from like some press that there's a side to side with Hulk and Kermit and like different sizes. So I think what they did. Obviously, I haven't seen it in hand. I wish I did, but. What they did is increase the dial size, but slim down the leg. So it wears on wrist very, very similarly to the older one. But going back to like what the Kermit is, I think it was such a good idea to bring it back. Because um, they did it before, or the generation before. I don't remember the reference number for that. Something, something LV. But that's like cheating. It's not saying anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think they did it really well. Like you, I think that the Hulk slash Kermit, that sub is very very much less let's go diving in it you can go diving in it, obviously but it's much more like i'm gonna hang out on the marina docks 
and just flex on some some people which yeah. is fine i get yeah, it but get it it's not it's not like the true ethos of sub so as much as i love it i still think the black is more like true to the roots but i think it's great i think the kermit is fantastic and the white gold is incredible oh the blueberry yeah the blueberry yeah. is incredible if in we person, want to move on to that that one I, I i really love and i get it and i would if i could and i had that money to, to throw down i would throw down oh yeah i would throw it down for that one that one's like i love the white gold sports and for rolex it's just like so sick it's just that's like you're actually on the arena on the weekend actually flexing on people see i think about the the kermit or the hulks as like there, there's a bar in toronto called the cabana right oh like, yeah, yeah i would imagine people wearing that there but then i would imagine the blueberry you're walking down just a random street and you're like oh shit that's a blueberry like that that's guy knows what he's before. doing i've been walking around a mall and hang out i'd look around i see Pepsi meter, right? I'm like, whoa, what? <laughs> and everyone who was around was like, well, are you good? I'm like, no, I'm not good. Do you do you know what that is? <laughs> See, it, it, that's a head turner. So the, the blueberry, I think the, the one thing to talk about too is for, for those that don't follow it too closely, there was a, if you know the reference, please throw it out. But it, there was a, the recent Rolex Submariner before this new one sported a 40 millimeter case um, with what we call the maxi lugs. Uh, which are quite wide compared to a lot of vintage style um, submariners. Yeah. Uh, and basically with this new reference, they've upped the size to a 41 millimeter. Um, they have slimmer lugs. And did they also increase the lug width? They increased 21? the width of the bracelet. Oh, yeah. um, I the bracelet. guess they did it to fill it in the lugs a bit more. Okay. So the so there's so that's been the 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 most notable changes I think to the to the new subs just for people that are listening, uh, and the blueberry again like what you said, it's a very elegant watch. It fits right in. Um, I think if anyone had the option and you had the money, it's like do I go with a, a Tudor, you know, Black Bay Fifty Eight Navy or the blue versus and you could buy the the new sub in in the uh, white gold and blue. Go with the Rolex, I think. Go with the Rolex. Spend so spend the ten more. times more. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I know. If you can buy RRP, do it. Do it. Do I, think, I think actually for the white golds, um, right now RRP is going to be hard. But I think when people start getting them in hand, it's not going to be the most impossible thing to see, to get. I think it's possible. Uh, and I'm going to be honest, I don't have too much experience on this, but the two tones. Uh, I'm going to start it off. Two tones. Two-tone Submariners have never been my ideal thing. It's not my sort of aesthetic or, you know, how I see myself. Are they works of art? Definitely. Through the photos we've seen online, surfacing on Instagram and, and all these other places, they look beautiful. But for me, that's the extent of it. Yeah, I agree. I love I, I love the Submariner as a watch. Um, I'm a little bit biased. Um, but the two-tone subs, I think, are so representative of very like 70s 80s oh, i see that just wolf of wall relaxing street. and chilling wolf of wall street so vibe and i love it because one of my co-workers in the past had a two-tone sub um he has had it for like decades sort of thing which color um, combination he had yellow gold steel with a blue dial but his blue, that sunburst dial, he's worn so much, he's become a purple. Oh. So See, we're that's like, that's so sick. I think it's so cool. So whenever they make a new two-tone, I think it's so super cool. I wouldn't buy it because I don't like two-tone on my skin. That like I don't like wearing it. I always feel like if I was going to buy something two-tone, I'll just go like maximum YOLO and just get full gold. <laughs> but I would rather do that than get the two-tone. But I think as a watch, super cool. I love them. And they also came out with the Oyster Perpetuals now, too, right? Pardon? Oh, yeah. The, oof, okay, let's dive into that. Is I think, what's, what steals the show. If you if you look on the surface, you'll see the subs. But if you're really into it, you're going to be like, are you checking out what's happening with the OP line? And the for, for those, that's the Oyster Perpetual line that Rolex has. You're basically, your lowest barrier to entry will be that series. Uh, yeah. And they recently launched, uh, how, was it four different dial variations or five? I think it was four or five. Um, I think it's five. 
five with that new like really cool whitish sunbursty is it including yeah. that one yeah. yeah 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 so the colors they launched uh one's in orange one's in blue uh tiffany well it's not tiffany blue but close to it basically right? tiffany blue yeah and then there's a yellow uh and then what else am i missing there green green and it's uh, a pink oh yes so at, at first glance when i saw it i i loved it because there was such a funness to that watch and i think it it really will start to trickle in the gen z's and millennials that have the 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 investments and the money to to purchase a watch like this and it's a great you know entry point for a lot of uh, people to get into the brand and have such a notable watch um based on the photos the the lugs are beautiful um the case thickness too looks really great it looks almost even thinner than my um, Explorer 214270, but, you know, I haven't had it in hand yet, uh, so I don't know. And I think what I'm going to see a lot, and it might happen, might not, is you're gonna, you might start to see some strategic partnerships between some brands out there. And it might be a partnership or a collaboration on the Oyster Perpetual. Oh. I, I think I, I see that watch as really if you wanted to collaborate and again, it's it's Rolex, so we don't know if it'll happen. It wasn't like the the '80s or like the the Arabic dial ones, right? I forgot. Yeah, uh, yeah. It wouldn't be like that. But I think if there was a brand out there like Rowing Blazers out in New York that has that preppy, you know, bright colors, there could be something like that. Or it's something that if they're interested in carrying at the Rowing Blazers store, that you could see that happen, where they've just yeah. become an AD for this specific um, lineup and. Yeah. I know J. Crew's not here anymore, but if there's any brands within that nature, it could happen. I, I see I'm starting to see more of the watch in the in the fashion parallel. Uh, most notably Supreme. I mean they did the collaboration with Timex and now they're doing Jacob and Co. Oh, <laughs> Jacob and Co's. Oh, that's crazy. But yeah, that's another topic. Uh, I love it. I love the new OPs. I want to try one on. Um, and I want to see what what's up. And what's cool. I share the same thoughts. I think they're really good. What's really interesting that's going to happen that I believe will happen in the OPs is that we hear of people wearing watches as, um, oh, I love this because this color matches this, or I can't wear this because a lot of my um, closet is this color or whatever. I think we're going to find a lot of wealthy young people who just need a watch. They don't have a watch and they wear colors and whatever, and they want something that's fun. Yeah. I think that's what Rolex is trying to capture. Huh. I see. Like it. Something more fun. Like making Rolex not so stuffy. I see. It. Without being without being ostentatious. Because you know, like Rolex makes those lily dials and the ones that make that has like different patterns on the dials. That's a little bit like tired. Yeah. That's their fun. But it wasn't it didn't work. It didn't work for anybody. No one bought those. That's <laughs> so not fun for twenty twenty. Yeah, exactly. I think they're going for the more fun use. And of course, like Oyster Perpetual, the price point is very, very strong. It's so, so good. I, can you good. can you start to imagine um, like a lot of the YouTubers out there that you're going to start seeing these pop up on their wrist? Or like, the yeah. new tic- I'm going to sound so old, the new TikTok stars, right? <laughs> because they have the money coming in and if they want something of a Rolex but appeals to them, I think that OP, OP line is really great. That's yeah, really apparently cool. one of my friends is getting in the uh, that Tiffany Blue, oh. not really Tiffany, Tiffany Blue 41. Yeah. And once she gets it, I'm going to be like, yo, I'm, we're meeting up. i got to see it. Got, yeah. It's got to happen. You, and, and you're going to write on it, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what's been insane, right? Going back to the Kermit. Yeah. People are getting them in hand already, which is yeah. insane, super fast. Yeah. But have you seen the secondary market for that? Share, please share. What are, what are you seeing? What's someone's bidding, and someone's put out a bid already for twenty seven thousand US. Wow, Holy, right? And and, and let, let's give everyone the context. What's the RRP on that? It's around nine thousand ish USD, nine thousand five hundred something like that. Talk about twenty seven ish thousand dollars US. Wow, that's Daytona levels. That is, <laughs> we can get to the point is, would you rather own a Kermit or would you rather own a Daytona, right? Exactly. That's something that we spoke about. It's sort of absurd. I think it is. Uh, and maybe that's why I don't see myself ever owning one is that Kermit is so targeted as hype and like everyone wants it. It kind of makes me not want it. 
be like, uh, well, if everyone wants it, do I really? And, and I have that same thing with like speedies. Yeah. Great heritage, but like everyone has one. It's like, do yeah. I really need one in my collection? Maybe not. Exactly. So it's like, and then because of the Kermit Hulk's been going up too. I remember last year or two years ago, it was under 20 grand US. Now it's 20 grand or, mo- or more every day. Like any day of the week, you can get at that. It's insane. That is that is crazy. Uh, let's go back to the OPs. I love the 41. I personally have a, a about a seven and a half inch wrist. Um, but I love my sweet spots are anywhere between a 36 to a 39. So if I were to ever pick one up, um, I think I'd actually go down to a 36. Really? Yeah. The, the real- 41 apparently wears pretty well. Wears uh, pretty nice, apparently. Hmm. Hmm. Photos what online tell me that it bears, it wears exactly the same as a 39 millimeter Royal Oak, which wears nicely for almost everybody. Yeah, that. Uh, hey, if anyone wants to speak to this guy about uh, APs and Royal Oaks, uh, please do. You should hit him up on his IG. He has a yeah. wealth of knowledge. Wealth of knowledge <laughs> on that. Uh, they also uh, in the Rolex news, they also uh, released uh, some new iterations of the Sky Dweller. And they even sport the the brace that I love, which is the Oyster Flex. For those that don't know, the Oyster Flex on the appearance might look like a rubber strap or a rubber, you know, band, but it's not. It's actually a bracelet. And Darius, why don't you tell them why it's it's considered a bracelet, not just a strap? Uh, I believe you're you're putting me on the spot here, but I believe yeah, there's yeah. a metal there's a metal band inside the strap, inside yes. the rubber, which exactly. gives it more structure than yes. just being a sloppy rubber and the rubber it's super super comfortable and then it has the 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 locking clasp of course so it's not just like feeding it through it's not it's not a g-shock where you feed over a rubber um but it has an amazing clasp see this this guy knows his stuff i can put him on the spot and uh he can still answer <laughs> it so i actually had the the opportunity to try the oyster flex that was on the yacht master 37 in the ever rolls and that was amazing. That made me want to get an Oyster Flex for the um, for the Explorer. Of course, I don't have one, uh, I, the uh, Oyster Flex. But I think this kind of aesthetic really appeals to me because number one, you want something durable, and if yeah. you know you're very active in your lifestyle as that, then it fits in very well. On top of that, what's you know on the dial and what the watch is, be it a Yachtmaster, be it a Sky Dweller, you know, or even the Daytonas that come with an Oyster Flex, I think it's a really, really appealing look, and it's actually functional. And that's what I like. Exactly, I love it. I love it so much. I think it's so cool to have a sport model in a precious metal, and then bring it even more sporty to have a rubber <laughs> strap. I think it's so cool. Yeah. It's such a, con- it's such like a luxury sport watch yes. thing. You know, I think it's so cool. I'm not sure if you know, and I certainly don't, which is why I'm asking you, Darius, but the history of a sky dweller and what's so magical about the contemporary ones and what it can do with the with the bezel. I don't think, maybe I'm wrong because Rolex is crazy, but and they have a million things that no one knows about, but sky dweller, <laughs> um, I don't think it's a historical model. I think it's just a brand new thing that they introduced um, in the 2000s. But Sky Dweller is actually the most complicated watch that Rolex makes. It's a annual calendar, um, and they have really cool hidden calendar mechanisms. So they have in each hour marker, they have a red or white, depending on the month, indicator. And that indicates the month. Then they have the date uh, on the, with the Cyclops, and they have a 24-hour GMT mean time on the center, which is incredible. Sky could, that be, could that be the Rolex that does everything and that's all you need? Maybe not, if, if you're a smaller Ooh. guy. Oh, that's could true. That, what's what's the dimension on that? 42 millimeters. For, oh, yeah, that's that's a stretch. It's pretty big and it's thick and it's very thick. I've tried on a the, the blue dial before in steel when my client came in and certainly needed to flex on me. So I was like, okay, um, yeah, you just came in to flex on me. It's fine. Um, he's like, yo, I just got this. I'm like, can I try it? He's like, sure. So I tried it. Way too big for me. I don't like it. As a watch, it's great. On my wrist, not great. <laughs> hmm. I, I tried a Milgauss, and I thought that was pretty thick already. Yeah, Skydoll is thick. Super Ooh. thick. 
Okay. Just to go back, I think I got the Sky Dweller mixed up with the Space Dweller, which is a vintage um, Rolex piece. For those that don't know, it looks like a 1610 uh, Rolex Explorer, but on the dial, it does say Space Dweller. Um, a lot of... I didn't know that that existed. <laughs> it's like one of the most unique ones. Uh, it, it really looks like an Explorer, and if you're on your computer, just look it up. It's, it's a Space Dweller uh, by, um, by Rolex. It has the iconic six, uh, 369 indices. It looks like a, you know, a vintage Explorer, but it's just uh, Space Dweller. Pretty unique. And I think that's why I thought there was like a lineage. But in terms of the name Sky, you're right. It is more contemporary. I think it's, I think it's completely itself. itself. Yeah. But, but more credibility. Um, lend us more credibility. We know that the Hulk has a new movement. We just, you know, that's sort of a non-discussion piece for a lot of people for these new releases. <laughs> But it has a new 70-hour power reserve. Yes. Um, it also has something else in there that they've used a lot. Was it? It wasn't the silicone hairspring. They've been using that for a long time. They call it but Paraflex it or something. Paraflex. Yes. I have no clue what it does. Um, Me neither. Do. I just know the marketing term, but there we go. <laughs> marketing Everything. works. Yeah. Back to the Sky Dweller. Uh, what are the new... Do you remember the new um, color variants? What they're offering? Um... I think they're doing, okay, they're doing a rose gold with a rose dial on Oyster Flex. They're doing a yellow gold black dial. I think they're doing yellow gold white dial, um, yellow gold yellow dial. But they're doing like a bunch of them. Um, okay. Yeah, so they're essentially doing black, yellow, and the gold, or the matching gold for all of them, for rose gold and yellow gold. And if you could throw down, which one would you throw down on? Oh, I would get yellow gold black dial for sure. It matches the Oyster <laughs> Flex. Um, you get that match, get more bigger contrast. But oh man, yeah, it'll be that one. It'll be yellow gold and black dial. I can imagine being at Bay Bloor, walking down the street, just got pizza from Italy, and I could see that at Italy. Yeah. I yeah. feel like that's a watch I can spot at Italy. Yeah. Or, you know what it is? That's a watch where you would go to Cabana and see someone wearing the Kermit and be like, nah, fam. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> but he's like, the, the Sky Dog guy is, is either really loud about it or he's pretty humble about it. I think the Kermit think owner would be a little The Kermit's more... owner is loud about it. And he's, he's like in the pool. The Sky Dweller is quiet about it, but he's in the booth doing literally nothing. Ooh, I like that. That paints a good picture of uh, what we think Sky Dweller uh, consumers look like. <laughs> and then, in my mind, the Blueberry guy is rolling up to Cabana when, with his boat. Oh, That's how nice. he's going to Cabana. Yes. Yes, I agree. And I would love to be the Blueberry guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to be any of those guys. I would want uh, any of those watches. <laughs> hey, that's true. That is true there. Uh, any other releases uh, from from this week? From this week, um, from 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 Rolex. We'll, we'll we'll kind of focus in on that. It's a yeah for Rolex. Account. I don't think so. Um, nothing that made headlines at least. Um, maybe they did some like secret tweaks, like Rolex style, where they don't update, where they don't publish some updates. Yeah, I've I've seen that. Those are like the sleeper models. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Or they update a movement slightly on some move on some models and they don't update it and tell everyone it just happened. Yeah. All in all, are you are you a fan of what Rolex has done? I mean, this is all on paper and what we see, but in terms of let's say the the Submariner, what they've done with the refinements, is it enough? Is it I think not enough. enough? Yeah. I think it's enough. I think for the longest time when the GMT came out with the new movement, I was thinking Sub's going to get a new movement. It has to. Um, and there it is. Rolex did it. And also, I don't want to say bad things about Rolex. Because what if Rolex one day goes like, hey, you guys want to work together? Oh, no, you said bad things. <laughs> hey, we both owned, own, own a watch from them. So there's no, there's no hard feelings here. Uh, but I, I do think, too, like from my opinion and, and what I've seen and read about the whole industry as a whole, I, I do think that shift from the diameter, 40 to 41, um, and the slimming of the lugs is enough, and yeah. that's something Great maybe uh, on like on the surface everyone's like yo what, what the heck like this does not look like any different, but it is such a big difference. And when yeah. it's different when you're comparing like shoe models or like a, a sweatshirt to like a hoodie, anything like that. But when you're talking about a watch, it's really all the micro adjustments, all the that, fine that things 
that makes such a difference. And for those that, you know, don't get it, I think it's fine, but you one day will get it and you'll understand exactly. it. And if you were to see it in person and you were to, you were to feel it, you'd be like, okay, that, that is a pretty big difference. Yeah. Because when yeah. it comes to watches, it is literally down to millimeters. If not Whether less, right? If not less, yeah. Um, but you know what? With the subs, I do think it's enough. I also love what Rolex is doing, where a lot of the new models are having the cornet at the 6 o'clock. First time I saw that was the, the Batman GMT on the Jubilee, and I thought yeah, that was... that's when I started the making that, that, that change. craziest thing. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It, makes, it gets it makes me excited. So Just seeing a cornet at 6 being so tiny, and that, that's what I'm saying to, to the listeners, is when it comes to watches, it's really the littlest things. When you see that cornet, oh, you, you can't help but smile. Exactly, exactly. It's when you're wearing something like it and you see the detail, um, it makes you feel good. Uh, and for those, and maybe we'll, we'll talk about this later, maybe we'll do like one where it's like a good entry point, what's a good way to start. I hope that people listening to this um, within your age group is Rolex is an attainable brand. You have to put yeah. money aside. You put the dedication. It is not all snobby. And I, I hopefully we can dig into it uh, in a later episode and just talk about it because even the world of watches is not a snobby thing. The world of sneakers... It doesn't have to be a snobby thing. Yeah, it doesn't, I mean, maybe I'll do that. It doesn't have to be. And even the world of sneakers for people in the watch world, it is not a, a, a childish or a snobby thing either. There's a way to mend it together and there's a way to do it tastefully. Exactly. Sneakers aren't just lining up for the latest Jordan One Drop or Dunk Drop now. So, yeah, oh, yeah, I want to talk about that. The other one, uh, <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a huge Dunk head. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. Um, in terms of, and if we just wrap up this this segment on the Rolexes, I think with the Sky Dweller, it's enough. It appeals to me um, just because of the Oyster Flex integration. So I, I'm with it. I can never afford one uh, anytime soon. But I think it, it's a it's a nice variance, nice new variance. Yeah. Totally with it. I like it when Rolex says precious metal sports on Oyster Flex. I think Hell yeah. it's such a cool, cool aesthetic. Hell yeah. And OPs, the new OPs in the dial variants and the new 41, which just a little context, they used to have a Rolex Oyster Perpetual at 39 millimeters, such as my sweet spot. And with this recent launch, the 39s are discontinued. And I think even Hodinkee made a video and like did a whole write-up about it. So, you know, it's it's gone now, being replaced by the 41. Great colors. I think it gets a lot of young people excited for the brand, gives it a new life um, that I don't think, if you saw it on Tudor, I don't think you would get the same response. I think no. if Tudor did the colors, you'd be like, what the heck is going on? Yeah, what are they doing? What are they doing? But Rolex can get away with it. I think Rolex can put out anything and people will buy it. So <laughs> That's true. I think they're, they're fine. They're good. Yeah. I, I'm with it. If you can get your hands on the new OP41 or any of them with the new uh, with the new dial variants, I think it's worth it. I really think. I think it's totally worth it. I think any of the OPs, totally worth it. Go watch the Hodinkee John Mayer talking watches where he says, whenever Rolex makes a colored dial, buy that one. <laughs> buy those ones I can only assume that he probably has them already buy those yeah. ones yeah <laughs> alright so that's that's the whole Rolex thing uh, I hope we've you've kind of shared some information that's useful uh, whether you have the connection with an AD or not and you're looking to buy one hopefully we can help you in that process uh, and the most I was, I've been looking forward to this Darius the, the thing I want to talk about the most oh okay here we go. And um, it's it's about this versus this. Okay. He's, and holding, for those a, that... he's holding up a, a watch and a phone. Yes. All right. Okay. So one of, the first, one of the first questions that anyone asks you when you have a nice watch, if they don't understand it or they're not about it, which is fine, um, is why would you need a nice watch to tell a time when you have the phone? And for listeners who don't understand the phone is going to tell the time infinitely more accurately than your watch i don't care what watch you have i don't care how much you spent on it it's going to tell the time better i agree that's a fact now i one time this is the story and we can get into the discussion after yeah yeah one time i was 
wearing one of my watches and it's very nice I, I, and I love it. It's a Audemars Piguet Royal Oak Chronograph Panadol 26331 ST something 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 dot 03. Um, <laughs> but I was wearing it and I was helping my friends set the time on their car because they just got it and they needed to set the clock. I, I look, glanced at my wrist and I'm like, yo, I, I can't read this right now. It's it's too much. So I pull out my phone and I put it next to his his. I was picking my phone, so maybe messed it up. But I put on my phone. I put it up to the clock with my left hand, and you know my watch is in my left hand. And then and it's like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, what am I doing? <laughs> let, let, let's walk it through though. What were you wearing? Was it was it something iced out that was just like this is too much? I I can't. No. Okay. So so I was, my 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 Audemars is completely um like from factory. It's just steel, stainless steel chronograph. And the Audemars Royal Oak has baton markers and baton hands, or the sausage on a stick hands is what they call it. Um, I'm not even joking. That's actually what they call it, sausage on a stick. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and I guess it mixed up with the chrono, and I couldn't read it quickly enough for me, for myself. I'm like, you know, I, let, me just, let me just do this. And I was like, wait, what am I doing? Like, what is going on <laughs> with me? <laughs> Did so, you feel like you were betraying the watch? Or I like did. I felt the, so betrayed. I felt I was betraying myself. I felt I was betraying the whole industry. I was felt, and I felt like ridiculous. Like, why? Why did this happen? I I don't understand. And it's like, wait, what is? Huh? <laughs> did you question your your, your spending? I questioned, yeah, I questioned my whole existence. <laughs> like, what is wrong with me? And then, like, it's happened before in other occasions where same watch because it's a chronograph right? I don't understand what reason I just can't read it quickly hmm. um, so sometimes I'll just pull out my phone and it happens I feel silly question myself maybe people around me question me maybe my friends question me but yeah that's what happened so this bring, begs the question it's like does that happen to everybody and do you feel ridiculous doing it so i i thought about something when you were telling the story and to answer that i think there's a generation um and i i i hate if the the age group is wrong but i think if you were over the age of 50 or even 45 you might think it's ridiculous because i think you grew up in an era without the technology that you can say my watch is for me to tell the time with but I think if you fall into the millennials, and now if we talk about Gen Zs, we grew up with technology and we know that the, the phone's been so integrated into our lives that it just becomes second nature and the watch becomes a secondary thing. It's not the first point. But I think if you're of the older demographic, then no, you're going to rely on your watch first for a time versus the phone because the phone came later, whereas for us, the phone came first. Now, I'm guilty of it too. I just want to put that out there. There are times where, you know, let's say I'm, I'm working and instead of, look, you know, I'm left-handed. It's still on my left hand, but I literally pick out my phone and I'm like, oh, it's 5.15 or like, you know, whatever time, the time it is. When I, the only time I find myself checking my wristwatch would be if I don't have my phone on me. And because I don't feel that the, you know, the bulge, you know, in the pockets or anything, then it's automatically, I just know, okay, I just flip my wrist over and I, I check the time do i think it's a bad thing have i ever questioned um my hobby yeah i have <laughs> uh especially you know when, when i started this this kind of journey it was just seiko's and like casio's i think it was fine i was like oh whatever you know they lose about five seconds a day 15 seconds a day it's not that accurate but once you get into cost certified or even you know really great regulated movements yeah then you're just kind of like uh i spent close to 10k on this or i spent more than that why am i not yeah. checking this first exactly <laughs> what are your thoughts i i think it's funny and when i was when you're talking i thought of something why is difficult so the car has a digital clock yes so you your brain has to make the leap from analog time to digital time so i was like wait this doesn't make sense to me so i put my phone next to it 
you can make that like a pictograph and it looks like the same time and you just make it the same. <laughs> right? Yeah, that, that's a good point. You're just replicating what you see visually. Yeah, so if next... like if my friend had got in the car with a with an analog clock, stick my wrist over there instead of the phone. <laughs> there you uh, go. Are there are there any cars that still do that? I know Infinities oh, yeah. used to used to have those. Oh yeah, I know Mercedes still does it. Um, Porsche does it. I think Kia, Genesis has it. I know Genesis has it. You bring so, up a good you know, point. Yeah, if my car did have, you know, an analog, I mean, sorry, you know, a more, a more traditional kind of time, time layout, I would I would use my watch too. If it had a digital, then I'd be like, yeah, I'm using my phone. That, that's a good point. I never thought about that. I have never thought about that. It's making that mental leap. And I guess my brain was like lagging. It needed to buffer. <laughs> so I'm not buffering. I'm just going to take out my phone. And I think that's, that's the thinking of um, a lot of... Um, people our age it's just efficiency yo it's faster for me to just to pull out my phone <laughs> exactly. so i will but have there been other times that you you catch yourself doing it like... most of the time no i'm pretty good with it um i do it more when wearing the chronograph because it's such a busy dial compared yeah. to just like a time only yeah. um so i think it's a, that's why with my with my sub and my dive watch it's like it's such a clean layout and like it's designed to be clean and like super legible. So I just look at it from my wrist. And I think it's a lot easier. If I didn't, then I would really, really, really question myself. It's like, come on, this, this watch is designed to be mm-hmm. easily legible. Sorry. I don't think I, I remember. Do you own a Submariner or a Submariner date? I, I own a Submariner, um, 11, 40, 60, the last generation, 40 millimeters in black. So super Super legible. So if I couldn't read that, I'd get disappointed in myself. I might have to sell it off then. It's like, come on. Yeah, no, see, no, no. I can't I be like that, this. I get that too. Um, when I wear my Explorer, when I'm wearing the 58, I find myself checking the time list on my phone because it's so legible. It's just exactly. right in front of me. Um, I own a few other vintage um, Seikos with a chronograph. I have to agree. Those three, you know, sub dials gets a little messy and you're just like oh my gosh I, I my brain has to go through that much work just to tell me it's 642 it's such a personal problem <laughs> i know and 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 that's one thing too with this <laughs> hobby um it it's not to come off in a snobby way but it just so happens that it is such a first world problem where it's just like fuck i can't read this nice watch because it's i so can't busy. read the nice watch i thought i bought oh, man um but Ah, the, the the thing is, we, we're going to see that more and more. And I think that's how the general population views wristwatches, which is just, if I have the phone, if I have the time on my phone, then what's the purpose of this? And let me ask you then, okay, what is the purpose of owning a wristwatch if the time on your phone, if your phone just tells the time? Yeah, and that, I wanted to go there too. So I'm going to tell you the story, why yeah. I bought the Submariner. Yes, please. I was young. And you know what? You're still young. <laughs> still young. Um, still need to flex on. I needed to flex on some man's man. Like that's what I needed. Yeah. That, in my heart and soul, in my heart of hearts, that's all I needed. Oh, I wow. needed to flex on some man's. And you know what's flexing on some man's? Rolex Submariner. So I bought a Rolex Submariner. I got an MSRP. Um, which is very happy about that. And then that 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 sort of evolved into becoming like actually into watches and becoming a hobby. But that's what that's what it was. Um. It was just it was just like to flex on some mans. And I think that's okay. I think it's if you're honest about it and maybe you just don't care about what it is and you just want something nice, that's totally fine. Um, no one says that you have to be a race car driver to buy a sports car, right? You don't need to be a mechanic to buy a sports car. You don't, be, you, you don't need to be a skateboarder just to wear SBs. Exactly. So I think if you're totally honest, like, you know what, I can't do this thing. And, but I still want it. And like, you're, you're sort of somewhat appreciative of what it is. That's so I think it's totally cool. Now I am much more into watches, obviously. And it becomes a more exercise of tradition and handcraft than just this is a flex. But also, there's also a little bit of aspect where you're like, this is pretty, this is dope. 
like, this is pretty sick. You look at your wrist and you're like, yeah, that's pretty sick. Have you been called out on the, the sub and have you been called out on the AP when you're just on the street or anything like that? I have been, I have been called out on both of those things. Um, one time I was going to Jimmy's Coffee in Kensington Market. Lovely, lovely coffee for those. Lovely coffee place. Everyone go check it out. But the guy was wearing an SKX and I was wearing my, my chrono and he was like, Oh, is that an AP? I'm like, Oh yeah, like it, it is. Now I haven't been called out on this, on the AP more than the sub just because like AP is a little bit more niche. Mm-hmm. Um, it's getting a bit more popularity, but it's a little bit niche. And he's wearing SKX. He's clearly like a watch guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, it is. He's like, this is the chrono. And he's like, Oh, that's so cool. I've never seen one before. I'm like, do you want to try it? And he's like, no, I'm, I'm working. I can't try. I'm like, well, you know, if I, I, if you want to, um, but I think it's really cool where he called it out. He's like, you can see in his eyes, like, you know, this is something that he never sees, you know, it's like, it's like seeing a Lamborghini go across you. You're like, whoa. Right. And you're like, whoa, that's so cool. Um, but yeah, I think the API I've been called out at one time, um, from a not watch related event or someone who's into watches, just like a random stranger. The sub have been called out but a lot more. Just because it's the sub. Um, is that or you'll be eating dinner with like some friends who don't know or like some friends of friends and they'll be saying, um, whoa, is that a Rolex? I'm like, oh oh god, here we go. I have to explain this one. <laughs> I feel I like other sub sub owners can can relate to that. The oh my god, is that a Rolex? What is that real? It? And they lean in. Like, and they look at you incredulously. It's like, is that a real Rolex? <laughs> and, and then so, they question your decisions. Exactly. But I think you brought up the good point, And I just wanted to ask about if you got called out on is for, for when you really get into that game, it goes beyond just the, the perceived value. It's really, wow, look at this art. Look at the heritage behind it. It's a story behind the Submariner. I understand that Omega was first, and there's been a ton of different divers as well. The the 50 Fathoms, is that what it's called? Yeah, 50 Fathoms. Long Pan, right? Yeah. Um, and, and all of those, but there's something that the whole era of when the first sub started to come out, the whole James Bond being tied into it, and just really great marketing that adds to the story of, of the Submariner, just to talk, speaking on that. And it becomes that when you own one, Yes, it deflects, but the other part is, holy shit, this, this watch has gone through so much, and it's more than I could ever think of. Yeah, and you it know? means so much to so many people. Exactly, especially if you dive into the military and how, you know, it, at one point there were even, I think, fixed lugs, I mean, f- fixed spring bars on those watches. Yeah, yeah right? so you could swap it out. Exactly, and I think once you learn about the history and then you can encompass it, that's when the, the, the hobby gets really fun. Yeah. Um, and that's what it's really about, uh, in my opinion. And that's why you would you purchase a watch. Yes, it's going to be $500. It's going to be $1,000. three, Whatever price range it is, is that when you put it on, you're, you're almost, it's a part of history. And it, you feel proud wearing it. And with the phone, it's really, you can't get that. It, it is a piece of technology that's meant to be thrown away, has a finite uh, amount of years left. I get you can still save something to a watch, but this is just disposable technology. But this watch is meant to outlive you. And you bring in, and we talked about this before, uh, just through WhatsApp, but it's really the whole Petek Philippe motto that it's not oh, yeah. you. Oh, it's, yeah. What is it? Oh. What is it? Say okay, it. so Patek Philippe motto is you never really own a Patek Philippe. You merely um, care for it for the next generation. Now, the new motto is you never really own a Patek Philippe. You just take that space in the waiting list for the next generation because <laughs> you're getting that Patek Philippe. But I want to ask you this. Yes, I think this is, a, this is a really good one. Watches and like some higher end watches it become like a quick calling card for enthusiasts and you get like an instant dose of credibility or trust with that person that you're talking to. If they know what's going on, if if they're in with it, then you're in with it. And you guys are instantly like connected at some level. Yes, yes, I agree. Uh, I think that's why we have such a good you know relationship. Is that you get it? And full disclosure, I've called people out on Submariners. I've called people out on other watches too, but they never go beyond that. Even someone wearing an X SKX, they don't go beyond that. 
um, the person I met wearing a Submariner at a wedding. It didn't really go beyond that. Um, but I think once you can have that discussion and say, oh, shit, like, oh, like you're wearing a this, like AP, you're wearing Rolex or, you know, you're wearing a Timex. Once you have that, it's like, oh, OK, I think we have something something in common. And if you can springboard off of that, yes, it does give you this credibility that, oh, you're into watches. For me, I don't care about the price point. I will call people yeah. out. I think I called someone out on like an Oaken Oscar once. And I just said, hey, that's a really nice dial that you're wearing and said, thanks, it's, you know, whatever. And funny enough, I try not to show my wristwatch, right? Especially for certain cases, like I'll just have it under my cuff. Yeah. Uh, and then they might say, oh, are, are you wearing a watch? And I'm like, oh, funny enough, I am. And then, you know, it'd be like the, the Explorer or I'm wearing like a Seiko Turtle. And then once you get into it, it's a it's it, it's a community. It's like a really niche and like weird nerdy community. It's super nerdy community. Also, for listeners, don't go into an alley and ask, "Hey, that's a nice Rolex you're wearing." Like, don't do that. Yeah, please. please. Don't do that. Don't I'll, do that. Please. Let me share something with you. One time, I was at Uniqlo. I was in. And this was pre uh, coronavirus, so it was Uniqlo. I was just waiting, you know, to to line up, try try on some things. The gentleman stops me and says what you've said oh my god is that a rolex i'm like and you know i'm not snobby about it and i've never gotten called out on the explorer let me just say that i've never which i kind of love about what own and explore but he's like is that real i'm like oh yeah it is he's like really it's like oh my gosh and he just he just kept coming closer and i just got really uncomfortable i'm just like you know people think you're gonna rob them man let them do that like you might you might you might catch a hand to your face real quick yes don't do it please especially with me please please do not uh so a tip for anyone that that's you know watch spotting or you might see like a date just or like a submariner don't go up to the owner and ask if it's real don't ask if it's real and don't ask them if they're walking through the alley back to their car. Don't do that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, time and place. Time and place. You guys are chilling, eating. Cool. Don't be chilling, eating if you're if, if it's too close. But, you know, don't don't follow someone to their car and be like, yo, is that a real date just? Like, don't do yeah. that. Please don't. <laughs> um, speaking of that, are you guilty of staring at people's wrists? Oh, 100%. One hundred percent. One time, I was walking by, and I saw an RM thirty five. RM thirty five, for people who don't know, is like the Daytona of Richard Mills. It's not to everyone's taste, but it's like incredibly rare to see, especially in Toronto. And I walked by, and it's like all black ceramic. I'm like, that's the craziest thing I've seen in my life in real life. I'm like, whoa. And then I kept walking. I'm like, hold on, let me go back. Need <laughs> <laughs> to look over my shoulder to check it out. Um, but yeah. Have fully done that. Do you find it weird? I think it's. What's your stance on it? I think it's weird. I mean, like, imagine if you're the guy wearing something, right? And someone just keeps like flicking their head over, like a quintuple take. Sort of weird, you know. It's not even double. You just just keeps going back. So is it weird because it's not socially acceptable yet? Because I can say the whole sneaker thing you know or like if you were a notable brand people can stare at sneakers i've had yeah, i've stared stare at a lot sneakers. of sneakers i feel like that's more socially acceptable but is there really that much of a difference with a watch is it because you really have to zone in where like a sneaker is like right in front of you but like a wristwatch i'm literally like oh i'm, I'm following it i think you have the same situation like you follow it when they walk or they bounce you're like your head is going with them and you're just like wow look at that go yeah that's crazy and I think it's I think it's the same sort of idea where you're looking at like, whoa, that's such a cool thing. It's even like like a car goes by like, whoa, that's a cool car. Um, but I think the difference is there's such a like there's such a thing where people will do that and they just straight up mug people. <laughs> I think it happens that people get uncomfortable with it. Uh, I think when it comes to looking at wristwatch, I think it's also because it's so intimate. Uh, and, and it's, it's such a small thing, too, that like the angle you're looking at and like your eyes, it, it comes off pretty creepy. Yeah, and if it's something niche, like a very niche brand or watch, it becomes extra creepy because you must know something if you're not <laughs> approaching them. You must know something that they don't know or that general people don't know. And that's so yeah. suspicious. And, and I think... 
Yeah, if, if we compare it to sneakers, just for a second, when people look at your shoes and they're like, whoa, that's a nice shoe, you can kind of see like, okay, like you're looking at my shoes, I get it. But there's something about the angle of which the eyes are looking at watches for. It's like, are you, are you looking at like my, my shirt? Like, is there it's too crotch level me? too. <laughs> it is also very crotch level when you have your arm down. So it's a little sus. Sort of sus. Little sus there. <laughs> <laughs> have you had times where like people called you out on on sneakers and then you know it was weird or most of the time it's pretty pleasant right most of the time it's pretty pleasant um i haven't gotten called out on sneakers too much because a lot of my sneakers aren't very out there they're not very like desirable um the only shoe that i have that's desirable is uh i have jordan one chicago's but very nice. i i wear them like um like a shoe so I will do everything in them. So I've yeah. never been really called out. It just becomes a shoe. Yeah. I think with, uh, not since you brought up the Jordan 1, to wear it like a shoe is like the best thing you can do because I love, and I personally love wearing my shoes. I love creasing them. I love getting them dirty. Um, and it's just so interesting coming into this subculture, number one, watches, number two, sneakers, of kind of like the unwritten rules that like, oh, you got to keep Air Force Ones crispy or like, oh, yeah. you know, with, with Jordan Ones, you got to like, you can't crease them. Like people, you see people proposing and taking off their shoe, yeah, uh, you know, in Concord 11s or like, you know, uh, on Jordan 1 Chicago's. It's insane to me, but I, I love the character. You can call me, you know, the, the, the unpopular opinion um, among the masses, but I love creased shoes. I loved banged up watches. I love, you know, seeing scratches because it just tells such a nice story it's number one if your shoes are dirty and you go in the mud oh shit you might be a pretty active guy you like getting down dirty if you're wearing a sub or you're wearing a dive watch and i see you know if, if there's some rust hopefully there isn't or like really heavy scratches like i think oh do you go diving in them or like oh like you might be a pretty active guy yeah you should wear it wear it everywhere yeah like the, the weirdest place I've worn specific shoes, I always went berry picking, like strawberry picking, in yeah. a pair of Balenciaga speed trainers. <laughs> so there's <laughs> very big disconnect there. <laughs> but you know what happened? And they're all dusty, but whatever. It happens. Yeah. It's, see, but I, I love that. I love, and I, I will relate that, and I have to give credit where credit is due. Hodinkee's first talking watches with John Mayer and him talking about picking up dog poop in the Patek Philippe. Oh, yeah. Loved. Oh, yeah. I think I think that's when it just all made sense that, yeah, I can own something of that caliber and just do everyday normal things with it. Same I with think, shoes. Yes. I think that separates an enthusiast from the flexor. But yeah, I think like when someone goes and like, if someone goes from like being this is my Jordan one um bread or Chicago or Royal and I can only wear it in special occasions, I think it's sort of like it's too it's too awkward, you know. I don't think that there's a certain threshold of rarity for a thing that you should not wear it. Um but I think the vast majority of things that are nice, you just wear it. Like, if it's something like, um, I don't know, an air mag, right? A charity air mag. I think that's cool enough and very rare and like important enough where it's okay to display it. But if it's like, like my Chicago's, whatever, man, there's like several thousand of them out there, or if not more, like tens of thousands in, in different iterations. So whatever, it's just, it's not something that special that it must be preserved. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think especially with sneakers and with watches, since that's kind of the premise of, of this platform is I hope people can. And ultimately, if, if there are more people joining on this platform is to see you can wear these watches, you can own them, you can beat them, you know, to crap. And they're still as amazing. Same with the shoes. It's like you can have these expensive shoes. And you should wear it. And then you're going to see that once you really wear that shoe, you learn so much about it. And it, even if it's beat and you have it on a wall, it means something to you. And I think with shoes and watches, it's all sentimental. Okay, there's a book value or there's, a, there's an MSRP, but it is all sentimental. And you really should 
should tailor it to to your style of living. You know, exactly. Not every watch has to be the Rolexes of the world. I love Seiko's. I love Casio's. The fifteen dollar watch, like, come on. Yeah, There's, or like rolling up it, somewhere in your vans or whatever, their Converse for like what, yeah. forty bucks. And I and I recently. Um, just about a year ago, I bought one of those really tacky Snoopy and Timex, like the peanut oh, so cool. collection, because they're so fun. And uh, it, it, it's I I hope that with more of these uh, podcasts that we could share something like this and have people just relate and hopefully they can get into the game because I I do think people in the watch industry you can get into the shoe game and you can get into you know the fashion game without that negative stigma same with people a part of the whole sneaker game right you can get into watches without everything just having everything just having to be like oh well that looks like a rolex or what you know yeah that's the mindset that we need to break down it's break down the the mindset going back and forth between sneakers to watch watches and sneakers i want to talk about eventually um i think it was like rolex and how how it became such an an icon and what it means to a lot of people. And like when you go out, like what does it mean? Yeah, I think we should also cover. <laughs> I love these watches, so I don't know why I'm saying it, but we should also cover the oyster quartz. All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, Darius. Uh, again, this is the first podcast, so thank you for listening. Uh, we hope to bring you more content um, very very soon. <laughs>